Um, are you guys ready? I am. Yeah. I think the more, more pertinent question is for Sam. Like, do you feel like you're going to be able to handle this? <laughs> yeah, I'll be fine. We'll you see. sure? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Welcome to episode 59 of the Picky Bastards podcast. And, and this week, or this month, we have a very fun mini game where one of us is very hungover, one of us has had no sleep, <laughs> and the other one is jet lagged. And so you get to figure out which one is which as we go. Nice. Yeah. Uh, as, you, as usual, I'm joined by Fran and Sam. How are you guys? Yeah, I'm not telling you whether I'm which one of those things I am, but I'm, other than yeah. that, I'm okay. I think I mine is pretty obvious once I start talking. <laughs> Just it's Sam's birthday this week, so that might give an indication to which one Sam is. Um, yeah. yeah. Happy birthday, Sam. Grown every Thanks. Time. Yeah, happy birthday. Thanks. Um, so what are we doing here? We're, we're, this is, <laughs> if, you, uh, if you haven't listened before, this is, uh, I guess it's, it's like a book club, except we listen to music. <laughs> and we listen to <laughs> it's a, brilliant it's, it keeps it simple yeah um and we're going to listen to four new albums that have come out in the past uh, month or two we're going to listen to a classic album and um i'm also going to as i'm the host tell you about an artist that um i want to introduce to everyone and tell 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 you what it means to me and so specifically that's going to be um the new Albums are going to be Madison Cunningham with Revealer, Sudan Archives with Natural Brown Prom Queen, um, The Best with Expert in a Dying Field, Ashley and Ashley McBride with Ashley McBride Presents Lindyville. The classic album is going to be Elvis Presley with a self-titled album. And then I'm going to be talking about Linkin Park and Meteora at the end. Nice. Um, you guys feel ready for this then? We'll yeah. stop. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Okay. I'm not answering the question first, am I? So that's good. I've got a little bit of time. Yeah, we're going to start off with Sam. Yeah. So we're going to stop me yammering away. And uh, I'm going to give Sam a question, which is what album was the most innovative album? And was it too challenging? Yeah. So for me, there was a couple of options I could have gone for with this one. Um, But I've settled on the Sudan Archives album because I I think in the end, this is the most... um, diverse innovative kind of uh boundary pushing album um on this on this kind of um list of records um i think every song seems to be like really pushing what it means to be an album like this of like what genre is this like does it matter that we're we're trying to find a genre here Mm. um and i i found myself really enjoying it for the most part because i think um the performance on the whole album is really, really engaging. Um, and I found it interesting to compare it in my head to like everything else that's kind of happening in like how people get classes like R&B. Um, and there's glimpses of those sounds on various songs here. Like there's, there's bits where I get like like her and I, I feel some of that or like scissor. And then there's other bits where like there's a song like Sierra where it's it's very like Summer Walker kind of um, mm. R&B style. And then it's interesting to hear these like next to each other. And then then there's a song, there's a couple of jazz songs that like um, like Loyal EDD. Um, and that kind of takes us to like something like the Nubia Garcia album. And it's like a really interesting thing. And then 
next thing you know you're on like a thumping dance moment and it's it's kind of it gave me the same feelings that like the recent Beyonce album did um but I think throughout it Sudan kind of has this unique way of bringing these sounds together um and it really works for me um I think you get a real journey through the album um and it's it's tough at times I don't think this is the most accessible album on this kind of playlist but I do think it's probably the most rewarding um and the the album of everything that I think I will go back to the most um so yeah I I really enjoyed this I'm interested to see um what you guys thought of this yeah what do you reckon Fran um, yeah, so so on the one hand, I think that you know this album does have the majority of the standout moments on this month's playlist. Um, I think it starts really well and really it's really exciting from the start with with Homemaker and the title song. Um, and I love the sort of dub reggae sound of Selfish Soul. A few songs later, I think that's got to be one of the best songs on on the LP. The songs like uh, OMG Brit is really you know frantic and really riveting, really involving. And Frequalizer towards the end is really catchy, really interesting. Um, and I like how upfront she is just in regards to sex and sexuality through this album. It's kind of, she's just to the point and, um, and you know, really strong on that. So it's a really strong album in, in that regard. Um, but yeah, despite all that, I, you know, some of what Sam's seen as positive, I, I did see as a bit of a negative. Um, it's, a, it's a bit ridiculously long and, and unwieldy for me. Um, I think all of those, for all of those great moments, I, I think there's then sometimes a run of three or four songs that don't really do that much for me. Um, and I think that's partly the, the genre switching. I don't like every genre that she's in here. Um, I think, and the album's so ambitious in that way. It, it tries to do so much. But then it never feels like a complete album for me, um, and that was off-putting a little bit in the end. And I think I think part of the problem for me, I don't I don't think Sam you knew her previous album, did you? No, um, no. No, see, I loved the last album. It was one that me and my partner Kirsten listened to a lot through lockdown. Um, it was a much shorter, much more cohesive album, um, and I think most people who know both albums would probably see this one as a big step forward. It's more dynamic. It's sort sort of more ambitious to say that to use that word again and it's more sort of um challenging but i kind of miss the simplicity of that of that previous album and, and it really felt like somebody who was kind of in command of their sound throughout on that last album um but yeah that's not to say this isn't good this is good there's really good things about it she's a really exciting artist it's nice to see her challenging herself but but on the whole the album's a little bit too messy and all over the place for me to sort of stay with it i think it's kind of where i landed cool well, I think you're right about one thing, especially. I, I do think most people who are familiar with both albums will prefer mm. this album because I am one of those people. Okay. I think I like the first album that she, she put out felt like it was it was great. I have it on vinyl. Like I really, mm. really loved it. But it, it did feel like almost it was a novelty in the fact that, oh, here comes this person and she's doing like this interesting like R and B, but she's also playing the violin at the same time. Mm. And it's almost like it was a novelty and okay. through that and, and not to like take away from from it as an album i like i obviously really liked it but it feels like in this album it's kind of grown beyond that simplification of uh, how they make music and have hmm. just expanded to just this behemoth that is just so like bursting with ideas um and so relentless especially at the beginning it's so like fast-paced and ever-changing but 
it for me it works completely um i think most of the songs like when i listen to an album and i like it i feel like a lot of the songs that i like will have maybe one standout moment or maybe maybe two if i'm lucky um and for this album there's like a lot of the songs have four or five kind of key standout moments within them where i'm just like oh that's something really cool that they've done there and it's just so like um yeah, like I say, so many different ideas that are kind of jammed into it. Mm. And as Sam, Sam, Sam was saying, like, often when people uh, approach albums in this way, it kind of is a bit hit and miss. But I feel like there's so many more hits in this compared to um, some of the other albums we've talked about in the past, the past couple mm. of years. And um, I think center to that i think is her and the way she's carried herself in it and the way her charisma changes and her vo- the, fle- the fle- flexible nature of her voice it's um it allows for all these different um all these different sounds to kind of sit and have her at the core but um for her to kind of run off in all these different directions so i yeah i i was kind of uh uh surprised by how big this album was after mm. the first one but i was really yeah. i felt very rewarded by it and i am going to do a fan and say this is uh definitely an album of the year contender which is mm. uh, interesting it's pretty pretty big news coming in uh coming in november and the yeah. final yeah. final final episode before we do our album of the year yeah yeah, am I going to have to listen to i mean it's yeah i don't mind listening to it again but is it going to be two episodes in a row this is going to be on i that's, i that's, I, I don't know yet that. I don't know. I need no. to. I need to put all my album of the years in a, in a playlist and sit with okay. them all. Okay. Um, but to be honest, of the other ones I might pick, you might like this one the most. So. Okay. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll see. We'll see. Cool. Right. Well, coming back to you, Fran. Um, yeah. What album had a more re- like reliable sound, and was it still interesting to listen to? Okay, well, weirdly, I'd, I'd written my notes about um, the album I'm going to talk about a while before you sent your questions, but luckily the question fit really well with what I had to say, so I didn't have to rewrite them. Oh, um, and I'm pretty certain that when you ask this question, you probably have the same album in mind as the one I'm going to talk about. Because for me, the only answer really is Ashley McBride presents Linderville. Um, it's kind of the epitome of a reliable sound. Um, but saying that, I mean, my feeling towards it and 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 towards this kind of country in general are kind of complex. Um, in that, yeah, I don't hate the sound. In fact, I quite like it a lot of the time. It usually involves good vocal performances, pretty sounding guitars, good stories. That's all here. Um, so there's no way I could say that it has nothing going for it. But I find it really hard to differentiate between one album like this and the next. Like the sound is so reliable it, that it becomes kind of predictable and and a little bit stagnant. And that's kind of how I felt. Um, I feel like as a genre, it's kind of very reliant on tropes. It's reliant on repeated ideas. And in that way, like no album often stands out for me. I think like just to talk about some of the things that sound quite cliched for the genre, the the songs about winning a ribbon at the fair, there's someone being caught in a caravan having an affair, someone, (laughs) someone boning. I don't know why I've written this. I've I've used the word boning in my notes. Someone boning their neighbor and being called by a dog called Cranky Doodle. Um, And then there's even a song about a man seeking a woman to make guacamole with. So, you know, uh, it's kind of weird topics, but they all feel really familiar. um, And there's nothing really that new about it. So, yeah, I think it's a genre that 
and we we have someone here who is really seeped in this in this genre. We know Sam's a big country fan. I feel like you have to be really into this genre to to see what the difference between this is and the last big country album that came out. So yeah, in the end, I'm not saying it's bad at all. It sounds pretty. It sounds quite pretty at times. Um, but it doesn't have anything about it that gives me any reason to come back again. So yeah, to answer the second half of your question, it wasn't really an interesting lesson for me, no. It was sometimes pleasant, it was never horrible, but it definitely wasn't interesting. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I ended cool. up. Well, I, I might jump in now, just because yeah. I feel like yeah. we might be along the same lines. Um, I, I, I thought this was an interesting album to listen to. Um, I didn't find it not interesting. Um, and I'm quite surprised you said it was um, like very reliable because I I haven't listened to much country, but this did sound different to me. Okay. It sounded more like jokey, um, mm. more silly. Um, I think... I feel like a lot of country this... is jokey and silly, isn't it? But anyway, carry on. No, but yeah. I, I've, well, it depends. I guess there's many types of country and most of the country yeah. that I hear is like the radio country. That's very, mm. like, uh, very sincere. Okay. Um, but this, this, I thought it was hugely successful. What it was attempting to do in this kind of concept album of like encapsulating like a small town vibe and, and like getting, letting you get to know like all those different people that have weird stories about them told down mm. at the pub um i think it does a really good job of that and introducing you to what this town is like every every small town has these people has these characters um has these kind of gossips about them um and the i think the also the interstitials did a really good job of reinforcing that and it, it like my limited experience of like traveling through like middle of nowhere america it, it did make me think of that going to like dead end bars in the middle of nowhere. And there's all these different people there. And I'm just like, I could just sit and watch them for days. Um, but I, I did find it once I got past the kind of outlandish nature of some of the songs, um, it did get, a, I found it a little bit boring <laughs> um, because across the album, it is quite, samey especially when i'm guessing like i feel like when alison mcbride herself who seems to be seeing some of the first couple songs when she's not as front and center the other vocalists are just less interesting Mm. um and it got to a point where i just found it really hard to just listen to this album in general um so when you say it's samey matt do you mean it's reliable which you told me it wasn't at the start well, I, I'm more reliable <laughs> compared to... I know what you mean. The, I'm just being a dick. The grand pantheon of music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. But I, I'm I'm really, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Like, I, I'm not going to listen to this again, but I appreciated the mm. the opportunity to, I yeah. guess. So I'm I'm curious what Sam Sam will say about it. I the the first thing is I'm I'm surprised both of you got as much out of this as you mm. did. I was really really worried when I first <laughs> listened to this album because, like, so for context, this is not the sound of Ashley McBride. Like, this is not what her music sounds like. She is in the Nashville space, um, and she is one of the the big artists currently in in 
from a critical standpoint. So her first two albums are some of the best recent country albums. And if you liked her songs here, um, she is a she's a star. Like she's she sounds great. She has great stories, and she she tells stories like this in her songs. But she's basically like the the story was that she had a whole third album, and the instead of sending that to the label, she decided to get all of her songwriter friends together for a week in a cabin, and Excellent. just write this. And then they're all the people that sing on the album. So like Brandy Clark, she's another. I really really like her. Um, I've, like I went to see her this year. Um, she's she's another songwriter who's kind of um, had the big hits, but her own music is very much in the more traditional country vein. Mm. And that's why I find it interesting that you're comparing this to the to other things in the genre. This is this is absolutely this has shaken the kind of current country space like because it is not anything like this is not what music it it sounds like it doesn't have any rap kind of trap beats on it like that even just saying that sounds ridiculous but that's basically (laughs) what country music sounds like and this is this is a lot of this is a lot of like songwriters doing the songs that they grew up hearing on the radio mm. and and the songs that their parents loved and these this is really classic stuff and i i kind of both two of the albums i picked that are country for this podcast have been like this because one was dolly parton and um linda ronstad and then one is this <laughs> that wasn't intentional um but yeah i i found it i find it a fascinating listen because i think um like i think matt is is really on it with as a concept, it works really well and it achieves mm. what it's trying to do, but it it loses it loses itself once you move out of the core songs that are performed by Ashley McBride or one or two of the other people. So I mm. feel like Bonfire at Tina's is the obvious standout. I feel like the girl in the picture is is a great song, but I kind of wish Ashley sang that. That would be a great one at her live shows. Um, I think when will I be loved is works really well, but obviously that that is not an original song. Um, those songs where there's kind of like four of four women singing together feels really really good. I think it loses its way a little bit once there's a song in the middle where um, sung by uh, T.J. Osborne from Brothers Osborne, and I, I really like Brothers Osborne. They're really interesting, and but play ball. It's probably the the most boring song mm. on the album. Um, and it just it just slows it all down um, for me, and um, I kind of wonder what it would have sounded like had Ashley McBride starred on every song. Um, I guess it may have been slightly different, a different kind of thing, and she wanted the characters to be singing their own songs and that kind of thing. Um, but I do think she has way more star quality than some of these other people. Um, and the, the most of them are songwriters. They're not even performers. Like the, these aren't people that are front and center in the country industry. These are mm. people who kind of probably should be more so for the, the songwriting that they do for other people. Um, but these aren't the huge stars. Um, yeah. So that's, I, it was a really fascinating album. And I'm, I'm, I'm now glad I picked it because I think it has <laughs> lots to talk about. But yeah. when I was, I was very, very <laughs> nervous. <laughs> had you had you listened to it before you uh, put it on the no, list? Cause, no, because it came out like 
it was announced and then yeah, it came out after, like two weeks, yeah. two weeks later. So it was yeah. literally announced really, really quick. Um, and it was a big sh- surprise, really. Um, yeah. I, know, I know the first time I pressed play and the, f- the first line came on about putting your bra on. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, if, if you got anything from the songs that Ashley sings, I would suggest, mm. especially her, her debut album, Girl, Girl, Nowhere, that, some of the songs on that are just so amazingly written and it, it it's this kind of like outsider view of the country industry um where she isn't she, she's had like a number one hit like this year on someone else's song and it's taken like a decade to reach that point even though she's been around for so long and kind of appearing on all of these things um and this is just a wild thing to do as your third album like what in that industry which is so typical and like you just do the same thing every time it's a really interesting move to do um whether or not it works or not i don't know cool 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 well i i might dive in and now go for the album i thought was most reliable okay and that was the album um expert in a dying field by the Beths. Mm, definitely um and so that, I thought this was very reliable because it it just has that kind of early aughts alt rock sound that I am very 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 familiar with, and I generally really really enjoy. And I enjoyed this album as well. I think it's a it's a pretty like for me it's a very like good time album. It feels very autumnal. Um, and it's like the thing. I, have I heard albums like this before? Yes. Is it? particularly special probably no but i really enjoyed uh, listening to it um because I, I think it has that right amount of uh, kind of quieter moments it has um, moments where it blooms into something bigger um overall um it is kind of packed with an, enough emotion that that i could get carried away by the song but it doesn't feel too extravagant uh, either um it's very kind of middle of the road um mm. the one the couple of things that i did I did have problems with is it did sound a little like thin and a little tinny sometimes um i it, i couldn't make make my mind up whether it, that was on purpose or and how appropriate it was and sometimes i actually liked the fact it sounded so kind of like brittle um and other times I thought just like let's like boost everything, let's really actually hear the guitars. Mm. <laughs> um and and I, I'd kinda of, kinda of get frustrated with it. I think my um other parts of it also did sound a bit dated. There were parts I don't know why, like when they all chanted, like I quite like that as a sound, especially like with all the um the backing vocals and things like that. And Normally, that's something I'm really into, but for some reason, it sounded super dated when they did it. It sounded very like Los Capensinos kind of indie landfill kind of time. Um, but I think really for me, the bigger, like, I thought this was a, a good and very solid album, but I think it's positioning in our playlist really did a disservice because it came after an album I absolutely loved and it mm. came before an album. There were many times that I was slightly dreading listening to. 
<laughs> and so I would actually start to think about what was coming up next towards the end of this <laughs> album. <laughs> so I think that that was that was a problem for him. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I'll, I'll go to uh, Fran. What did you? Uh, what did you think of it? Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've tried with the Beths quite a lot of times now. They they're, they're the kind of band that's always on the bills of festivals I go to. Um, so I've checked out all their albums. Um, I've always kind of seen them as a band with potential, but not one that really grabs me. Um, so when I saw the reviews for this new one, I was quite excited. Like they got really good reviews. Um, really? People, yeah, people were raving about it. I think they got sort of an eight point something in Pitchfork, which is wow. pretty high for an album like this. Yeah. Um, but I would say I do not understand those reviewers at all. I thought this was so boring. Um, <laughs> it just really has no life about it. Um, I would say the one good thing about spending a month listening to this album is that I now understand why this band just aren't for me. Um, there are several reasons. I think the main one is I, I don't enjoy the singer's voice or performance. I think her voice is really sickly sweet and, and it feels quite forced and cheesy the way she sings. Um, and like I'm sure they're talented musicians, but there's a lot of guitar licks and a lot of sort of power ballady type stuff. It's just, yeah, it's not, and not for me. Um, and then I don't know if it's intentional or not, but in terms of the lyrics and song meanings, it's just cliche after cliche. Um, I mean, the album's called Expert in a Dying Field, which is pretty cliche. They've got Head in the Clouds, they've got Silence is Golden, they've got Change in the Weather, they've got When You Know You Know. Um, so it just that just leaves me with very little to grab onto. It's just sort of an annoying voice singing cliches over music that I don't like. Um, so yeah, um, so in the end, the best the best thing about having this album on the list is that it's convinced me I can stop trying to like this band now. Um, although I'm more confused than ever as to why they're so highly rated. I just I didn't like it at all. Um, have you no. have you seen them live? No, because every time I've tried to get into one of the albums at a festival, I've been like, well, nah, there's probably somebody I prefer to see. Um, yeah. But having listened to the previous, the first album, I think I thought, okay, there's some potential there. I think the second album was poor, but I, I thought this one might be the one just because of the reviews. But I think it's no, I'm done. I'm yeah. Done now. yeah, yeah. Sam. Yeah, um, yeah. I kind of in, I kind of agree with Matt in a lot of senses, um, but I don't think I enjoyed it as much as you did. Mm. Um, I. For me, a lot of the time, this album was just kind of there. Um, I think musically, I quite, I quite enjoy the the sound that they make, and I, I do, I do think there's something about the vocal delivery. I don't know if I just want more. Like it, it feels like she doesn't really give it. Like there's these songs are like rocking in the background, like they're going all off. Like the there's drums happening somewhere in the distance <laughs> that are going wild, and then. It's like, I'm just singing like this all of the time. <laughs> and it's kind of like in so, some of the songs that works really, really well. I think Changing the Weather is actually a really, really good version of that because it, it has this kind of like, I like the way that the the percussion kind of like chops and changes against the vocals. But then for the most part, I just I just need a bit more variety going on in in the performance because it just ended up sounding like 12 songs that sound exactly the same. Um, like this is the answer to that question that Matt asked. It's absolutely the answer to that question because um, everything on this album just sounded the same. And no, there was, there was no, there was nothing that brought you back to kind of, yeah, I'll go back to that album. 
Um, but I don't know what you could add to it to make that work. I don't know if you need more a different singer. vocals. A different singer. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, that's the, the band. Like, you're saying this yeah. is... They're named after her as well. They're called the yeah. Beths because she's called Beth, so we can't really kick her out, can we? No. But, um, no. Maybe maybe you need to scare her before one of the songs and then <laughs> give her a puppy before the next song and just evoke, energy, some, uh, like... evoke some emotion of some kind. Yeah. You're you're hundred percent right. I didn't really like think about it, but like the vocal performance is it's good, but it's just it's like there's not no notes. It's like it's there's flat. just yeah. one note the whole time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. Cool. So we kind of all agreed, well, although not fully, I would say. I think one. it's, yeah, agreed, but different enthusiasm just because of our, yeah. I guess, different affinities to the genre. Yeah. And who's more angry as a human? Um, yeah. As part of it as well, maybe. <laughs> right. Um, Sam, do you want to pick a, a, one of the remaining? We have uh, Madison Cunningham or Elvis? Well, I'll, I'll talk about Madison because we'll save Elvis for, for last. Um, cool. He is the king, isn't he? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I this this Madison Cunningham album really surprised me. Like when I first hit play, um, I I think it's way more interesting and unexpected than it than mm. it kind of lets on. Um, I think you can listen to it and it kind of there's lots and lots of people that I can think of that oh I could compare it to this, I can compare it to this, and then the next song will happen and it's like this is really weird. Like there's a and it's it's not in a um it's in the way that the that the like the instrumentation is done um i feel like the guitar playing on this record is really interesting and really exciting um and takes a few listens to kind of settle into it i think it's not a um it's an in, it's instantly interesting but i think to get into the album and actually go oh i, I quite like this um, takes a few goes I think I think like uh, the song Anywhere um, it starts off like really breezy and like kind of um, catchy and then you, it builds and builds and there's just so much aggression on the last like chorus of that song so it's really mm. exciting um, and then you have like a really simple song like Who Are You Now but then the guitar line's kind of this like weird off kilter thing that adds this like weirdness to everything and i found that really interesting just as a whole idea of this sort of like singer songwriter album which you you could i could easily see her being lumped in with a lot of less interesting artists Mm. just because of the the nature of kind of what this album might be perceived to be but i think it was really interesting um and an, an enjoyable album definitely Cool. Fran, what do you reckon? Um, yeah, I agree with a lot of what Sam said in a way in terms of the sort of, um, I've talked specifically in my notes about Your Hate Could Power a Train and, and All I've Ever Known. I feel like that guitar, mm. interesting guitar playing really stands out in those. Um, but yeah, something that I thought, like the last episode, you guys both talked about enjoying the Roy Scott album only when you were listening to it. And I kind of laughed yeah. at you because I thought it was a ridiculous statement to make. <laughs> but then it's kind of exactly how I feel about this. I did only enjoy it while I was listening to it. Um, we were right. Yeah, so I'll take it back. Um, because, yeah, there's this is my cup of tea. You know, it's the kind of album I, I, I go for a lot. But a bit more interesting, like Sam saying, there's something a bit more unique about her. I like her voice. I think it's a varied album. She is a very good guitarist. 
Um, and I would say there's only one song that I couldn't connect to at all, and that was Life According to Rachel. That was a bit too much of a Disney ballad for my liking. Um, and yeah, there's some, you know, those songs I've already mentioned, there's some quite fierce performances in those mm. songs. And then she can go from fierce to gentle really well. So I think there's a really interesting mix of styles, uh, the folk influence, the rock influence. But it's just one of them that just, I never like wanted to stick it on desperately. You know, I wasn't, sometimes there'll be an album on a playlist that will get a lot more listens than others because it's just, it sticks in my head. Um, but it didn't, it wasn't one of them. It kind of faded from my memory quite quickly when I stopped playing it. There's no song that I would say is like an absolute highlight that's going to go on playlists. Um, I think I'd really like to see her live. I think that might change my interest level a little bit because I imagine she's a really good performer. She's clearly very talented. Um, but yeah, something just felt missing slightly for me and I don't really know what that is. So if either of you do know, then please tell me. <laughs> um, but I did like it and it's probably my favourite album on this month's playlist um, as a whole. But I didn't. I don't know if I'll spend much more time with it, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't have too much more to add that's different to everyone else. Like, I, I, I did it quite enjoy it. The more angular and weird the melodies got, the more I enjoyed it, really. Um, there was something very jaunty yet jovial about a lot, mm. a lot of the songs, um, just with the way, it, like, the actual songs themselves. Um, and I think she, she matched, matched that pretty well, that energy, a lot of the time in the album. Um, it, it did remind me a lot of um, uh, Aldous uh, uh, Harding, in mm. the, specifically the like uh, I've forgotten the song, the the song that I liked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that I liked the most, at least. I uh, was it the barrel. Uh, yeah, the it. barrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. just in that nature of just like you didn't know quite where it was going. Yeah, I can um, see that. Yeah, yeah, and it's a little bit weirder. But um, I, I don't think it reached the same highs that some of someone mm. like someone like uh, Harding Harding no, reaches. No, 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 no. Um, and then, as as you mentioned, I think the, the kind of the slower songs. I think this applies to most of it, but I think it was most obvious with the slower songs, like Life According to Rachel. Was it, it just felt a little too like meticulously planned, and it was mm. also like pretty and very constructed in a way that it didn't feel actually that emotional and like the payoff that she, she was trying to deliver just didn't feel like her heart was in it. Mm. Um, I know that's reading a lot in, <laughs> into that, but <laughs> it just, it didn't feel very authentic. And I, I don't know why that is. Mm. Um, I don't know if that, that there's sometimes the sincerity didn't quite match up with the jovial nature of the tone of the rest of the album. I feel like that might be the thing that was missing for me, Matt. I think the authenticity yeah. is quite a good point, actually. Um, yeah, you may have got it. Yeah, and it, I, but the, the thing is, how do you how <laughs> how mm. do you measure authenticity? Yeah, but, but I know what you mean, is, though. You don't get the emotional a, like connection to what she's yeah, saying and performing yeah. sometimes, do you? Yeah, no, no, not at all. Mm. So, but I think it was like a pretty good album, and there were mm. some pretty great songs on it. It just, I like, uh, I just, yeah. Not sure it's going to be one I listen to again. We'll see. Okay. Um, Fran, do you want to start us off on Elvis? Oh, do we have to talk about Elvis? <laughs> um, this was a challenge, a massive challenge for me to even listen to it. I hated it so much. Um, <laughs> it's just vapid and pointless. I can't stand that wibbly, wobbly vocal performance that he has. Uh, there's just no soul to any of the music. 
like I know it's ancient. I know he was important. I know all those same arguments that people are going to give me about the Beatles and blah blah blah. But can we just leave this shit in the past now? Like, do we really? <laughs> do we really have to listen to it? I don't ever want to hear it again. And I don't really have much more to say. I can't think of anything about it that's worth discussing. I mean, the only thing I want to say is that it's a cover. It's a covers album anyway. Like most of these songs aren't his. Um, they were done better by other people, um, usually black people that he's just stolen them from. Um, so yeah, apparently it was revolutionary in some way. I don't know why. It's just a man making one syllable words have six syllables for half an hour, and it pisses me off. And I don't want to say anything else. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I, I'll add a bit more. <laughs> um, I like. I hadn't really listened to him before, so I was I was quite excited to to, to give this a try. I like. I, I recognize blue suede shoes from Beethoven, and that's almost it. <laughs> um, but. I, 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 it was a lot more varied than I thought. There was more like country and um, I guess like R&B influences, but that's again, like Fran mentioned, he, and I'm not sure any of these were his original songs. Um, I did find, I think his voice is interesting. It's very distinctive. <laughs> it doesn't sound like anyone else really. Um, and I think a lot of the songs are very like in the way he's playing them, they're quite fun and playful. Um, both in like, it feels like you can feel his charisma. You can feel that he's almost trying to flirt with you in the way he's playing his <laughs> guitar and the way he sings. But it, it 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 does feel all about that. And he has this like I imagine the connection that like a live show must have been incredible. But mm. it does. Um, I did. Yeah, I did find it weird that when I start to look through like the playlist and just like how many of these were were covers and yeah. it did feel weird that he was just like i don't know like i can't imagine an artist these days like taking a song that was only a year or two old and then putting on his own album mm, yeah um, it's the ray charles cover that pissed me off the most because it's just like that's yeah. a great song by ray charles um yeah and it just feels a bit like why <laughs> But yeah, it's a different time, isn't it? I suppose that maybe yeah, it was a different more, time. Well, it was more yeah. normal to do, but it feels weird to just take a Ray Charles song that isn't that old and, and take it and make it your own on your debut album, yeah. then, then becomes known as a classic album. It just made me quite angry. Yeah, yeah, um, and I think that's 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 the thing. Um, like it, it yeah, I think it was normal at the time, right? Because mm. there would be the classics and everyone would know how to play them. Yeah. Um, and then you're kind of moving towards a lot more writing happening. And then, like, w- what happens in between? Well, that's shifting from everyone writing their own music. Yeah. Um, and obviously, these days, like a lot, of, like a lot of pop stars and other 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 musicians rely on other co-writers and writers yeah. to write their own music. But it's just, yeah, it's slightly different. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, I, it was. I th- I thought it was an interesting lesson. Now I understand who Elvis is. <laughs> Like on a musical level, he isn't just a guy who wears a crazy suit in Vegas and sits and eats hamburgers. He, uh, <laughs> he's a bit more to me now, but I don't think okay. I'll be uh, looking to listen to the album again anytime soon. Mm. But yeah, Sam. Yeah, I think um, I mean everything both of you have said is right. I think it's just that the main the main thing that I got from listening to this was just that. I I always really like hearing albums recorded at this time mm. where it's all about the performance 
And it's so clear that it, it's like a recording of a performance of this song. It's not, and, and that's kind of what this is. It's 10 performances or however many songs are on it um, recorded at very specific times. Like when you go on like the the notes will say like recorded on this day, recorded on this day. And I, I, I always, I like hearing albums again like that just to compare to what we kind of have now where everything's kind of, the way you make a song is extremely different, obviously. Um, And it's all kind of constructed. And here it's all about the energy that he brings. It's all about that attitude that he has. And you, you got it. You say, you said uh, before it, it comes through even just in the music. I, and I think that was the surprising bit for me. I was thinking that maybe I'd listen to this album and think, oh, this would only really make sense on stage when he's shaking his hips and they can't show it. Like that's, <laughs> But I do think it does make sense on the radio as well. I th- and if you heard these songs, I think a lot of, like these songs are just instantly infectious. So you can, and and he does bring that you kind of unique take on it that makes him stand out whether or not he makes these songs his own and, and made them into his thing is, is besides the point for that three minutes that it is his own and he's kind of performing it in, in this like, so such a dynamic way. Um, yeah. We're, none of us are going to go and listen to Elvis again. Like I don't <laughs> think any of us grew up with people listening to Elvis in our families. I um, no, but yeah. I, a little bit in my ass, but I think, yeah. I, I think uh, it was also good because um, obviously Blue Moon is on this, and um, so David was very happy. My partner, <laughs> yeah. whenever he'd walk in, and I'd be had, I'd have Blue Moon on, um, just because he thought I was being a really big City fan. Um, <laughs> but no, um, yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. That's, I think that's uh, good points because that's. For me, that's why I think I said flirting more than anything else because it did it did feel like he was channeling at me his his energy like a sex mess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was very it was uncomfortable at times, but it is like you say, it is really interesting to hear music from this genre where it was like you're getting everything right there, and it's that is the performance that you're hearing. Mm. Um, so it's it's cool, it's cool. Um, so what do we think of the playlist as a whole? What do you reckon? Um, Sam or Fran? Go Sam, go. go. Um, I found it really fascinating that it starts off kind of so like kind of critical, kind of like really different and exciting and then sort of descended into this like country-ish like mess of things. And I was, I was listening to the whole playlist in a row and I was like, this is the so chaotic. This is just like <laughs> there's no links between any of this music. Um, but it was an interesting one. I think there was more than enough here that I enjoyed um to get me through, basically. Mm. So yeah. Mm. Fran. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> one of the worst. Um one of the worst. Two two things I couldn't listen to. One thing that I don't want to listen to again two albums that were half good not very good yeah no cool i'm not happy i i think chaotic is the right word i think it was chaotic it was definitely chaotic yeah 
There's, I think I didn't know there's several good albums and with some great songs on them, and then one great album that's absolutely jam packed and worth worth the ticket price alone, and then. Then there was Alison McBride and Elvis at the end. <laughs> well, I love how you've changed yeah. the name to Alison. You keep saying Alison. I keep saying, yeah. I realised that. I re- re- <laughs> and as soon as I said it, I remembered that you've been saying a different name. What was you said it again. Ashley. Ashley, Ashley. It's with an A. It's got an L. <laughs> Ashley McBride. Sorry, sorry, Ashley, if you do listen. <laughs> I'm just really bad at copying and pasting. <laughs> it seems right well now we're going to end on uh something much more fun hopefully for fran at least um and we're going to talk about lincoln park and meteora and so the, the time it was really strange the timing of this um picking this because i've just been home and i've been listening to this album while at home in in my old bedroom <laughs> and it like shifted a lot of the perspective of listening to this and i mean, I actually found it quite tough at times and i it's for a bunch of different reasons like this more than maybe their other albums and a lot of other music i was listening to at the time i leaned on a lot through my teenage years like for a bunch of reasons my teenage years weren't my favorite and like i was bullied for being smart at school and uh, i didn't feel like i knew people that really got me um and i didn't really know how to deal with like i think a lot of people struggle with this especially young men is dealing with uh, your emotions and how to have like positive role models for that uh, like i know look, for, for me my dad was either stoic or angry and that was his main main uh, like emotions when he was like frustrated with something or he was sad he would just get angry um and so here i had lincoln park which a band making albums that were like full of emotions talking about the, like how they dealt with their mental health and like venting their anger in like a constructive way as opposed to just like shouting at people <laughs> or or bottling it all up inside and um, for me, that meant that like their music was an escape and it helped me process a lot of what I was kind of going through at that time. Um, it was a like a channel for my kind of teenage rage and the sadness I had. Um, I know like I know I know a lot of people had that kind of affinity to the band because um, you saw like when Chester's, uh, Chester died, the reaction was the, kind of the largest I'd seen to at, like at the time to a um, artist dying. And it, like, obviously that's colored by the fact that he died prematurely in a very sad circumstance. But the kind of overwhelming response to that showed, I think, just how much him and Lincoln Park meant to so many uh, people and like especially young men who didn't necessarily know how to deal with their mental health. I didn't have any models for that. Um, he was their model, and the the band were. And so to lose him in the way that that we did really, really kind of sucked and was like a really hard thing to deal with. Um, but. 
yeah like talking about the actual the, the music itself um i remember i remember like i was obsessed with like i've uh was obsessed from that their, their first album onwards uh but i spe- specifically chose meteora to to kind of cover with this because i feel like it differentiated them from the other like uh new metal folks um it they went from a band that were like massively successful and like a like a pop hit to a band um that were better than the rest of their peers um and were doing music differently to everyone else and it's a much more polished album that sounds bigger it doesn't lose its edge for kind of gaining that privilege but uh, lyrically it has more substance and it feels more kind of lived in and true and visceral throughout um individually there's like i think for me there's just like song after song on this is just um amazing the, the like the singles that came out of like somewhere i belong it's obvious stand out the message in that is so was so important to like me at the at, um during my teenage years and like this is like listening back to this kind of track list i find it really really hard to kind of see where i was at that time and like how mm. how like, it really kind of transported me back into like how i felt as a as a kid so I actually found it really like I don't listen to Lincoln Park much anymore, and it feel I feel like I've put a lot of those negative emotions into that music now, and I've kind of left it behind. So it was very strange to come back to it and actually have a and kind of almost a negative experience with something I value so highly. Um, and a lot is revolves around like songs like "Somewhere I Belong" and "Numb" was obviously a massive hit as well, and um, "Breaking the Habit." But um, I think there's also some just really good other songs on, on here as well beyond the singles. I think it has a lot of depth to it. So you have songs like Easier to Run, which is, I think, a little bit more symptomatic of where they were going with this kind of bigger stadium sound. Um, but I think they have a really good balance on it with some quieter, intimate moments that kind of break out into the big soaring choruses um and the kind of rapping is very very effective i think that's actually what helps them stand out so much they, they do have very well constructed songs but they also have someone like my Shinoda who is a genuinely good rapper <laughs> mm-hmm. and who understands hip-hop and who can construct flows and i think that was also really nice to hear on something like uh, nobody's listening which gave Mike a chance to really flex his rapping. Um, um, but yeah, so I, I think with this album, they really like took a step forward. And I think it is the, if you're going to, though, um, that, like if someone wanted to understand, not necessarily if they wanted to understand new metal, but if they wanted to listen to a, you wanted to get give someone an album from the old version of new metal that actually, they might like <laughs> this is the this is the one to do. Uh, but yeah, um, I I'm gonna I'm I, I know that you guys maybe are probably more familiar with the first album, so I'm curious to see what you guys think of this and whether you listened re-listen to their entire or their first two albums to get some perspective or um, what you thought of this specifically um, once you gave it some more listening time. Um, Sam, do you want to start 
Yeah, yeah, I can, I can go. Um, yeah, so my like memory of Lincoln Park being a thing at the time, and kind of the years following when I was kind of like at school, like I, it was always the music that all of my friends listened to. Mm. But like, I just, it was just not my thing at all. Like, every single one of my friends was so into new metal and I was the person that was listening to Britney. And <laughs> it was like, of all of it, Lincoln Park was the only one that I could tolerate of like all of those other bands that were around at the time. And I think the key bit is that hip hop influence. I think that that instantly makes them sound so different to anyone else and, and really reinvents how the songs can be constructed. I think like you talked about on the Jay-Z wire love um, about the collision course album. And to me, that was my like entry point backwards from Jay-Z to Lincoln park. Um, (laughs) The other way, like it was like when, when I got really into Jay-Z and then like got really into that EP, um, these songs that were big hits um, kind of became really like memorable in my head. So I, I really, really love this album and I'm so glad that I've kind of given it the time um, because I do, I do really like hybrid theory and I think that is really, really good as well. But I, I agree. I think, I think this slightly edges it. I think it's just got more of what makes them great. And I, the, the whole time listening to it, all I could think was that era of like kind of early 2000s, if I think of like voices in like music, in popular music, that you hear seconds of them, you hear seconds of that person singing and you instantly know who it is. I There's there's a few names that, that I can think of, of like that were the biggest artists in the world at the time. And... I would say Chester Chester is one of those people of like you instantly yeah. know who it is as soon as he's singing, and he has such a dynamic voice, um, that all of these songs just get elevated to a new level. I think I think the the way that he uses the melody is so makes this way more my thing. Um, I feel like a song like "Lying from uh, Lying from You" I, that is. The melody on that song is so kind of intricate, but obviously the the energy is kind of, it could get lost in that. Um, and it does get lost for me when I listen to a lot of this sort of music elsewhere, but he just has such a, a way with kind of a hook and a way with um, creating songs um, that are instantly catchy, but have all of that that depth beneath it um yeah i i really really love this this was like on the playlist like this was the thing i like look forward to the most by far um and i really had some really good nights like walking around after work (laughs) with this like blaring in my headphones and being like wow this is i kind of wish i'd been into this when i was like 15 but mm. maybe it's for the yeah. best yeah you can have the midlife crisis like, yeah it's like i'm reliving <laughs> my teenage years this is how it could have been if i'd been like all of my other friends <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's, 
That's a good point with his voice because he he I think a lot of people at the time just um assume he screams and but he's very talented at the quiet moments the meet like media moments and it is all about he just felt like a, a lightning rod for emotion and yeah. whatever it was appropriate for that song or in that moment in that song um and it it, it was so successful at conveying that uh, yeah uh Fran, what do you reckon yeah well i mean i i, I don't know if you know this matt but i, I was a massive lincoln park fan back in the day as well. Um, yeah. Like a re- really, really big fan. So this, this, it wasn't at all new to me. Um, I, I was really into this, this Anne Highwood theory. Um, but it was still really interesting to go back and it was interesting to listen to you just talking about the emotions you experienced going back to it. Cause actually for, for me, it was, it was almost the opposite. Um, I think I kind of listened to it again with a sort of, um, it didn't put me in a dark place anymore. Cause I think I, I'm not, I'm not so angsty anymore. Um, <laughs> and I think I really could live in this music then. And it kind of, it would be, you know, it would be me, you know, this and other things like Papa Roach and, and Limp Biscuit. I'd be getting angry when I listen to it. Whereas now I, I, I hear it in a different way. So that was quite interesting. Um, and I haven't, I haven't listened to them in years, obviously, like, cause new metal kind of, it was probably the most popular form of music in my friendship group and, 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 you know, we all carved names of bands into our desks and that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> and then the, the music quickly became something that was seen as really laughable. Um, and a lot of the genre is laughable if we're being honest. I mean, Limp Biscuit and Papa Roach. Wow. I mean, bad, bad bands. <laughs> um, but I was really glad to listen to this and hear that actually Linkin Park do stand up pretty well. This is, this is still a really good listen. And you guys have both touched on the reason why. I think Chester is the reason why, largely. Um, I think he's a fantastic songwriter. He's a very emotive lyricist and um, and kind of, you know, even though it is all this angsty, angry stuff, he's not just saying the words in a way that, like, to go back to Papa Roach's Cut My Life Into Pieces, for example, is just like, you are... It feels so fake. It, to, to return to authenticity, like, when they're singing it, it's like you don't believe them, but when Chester's singing it, you really do. And he's a very powerful performer. He's in a totally different league to the likes of Fred Durst. Um, and yeah, and I think they don't, the interesting thing is, well, they don't stand still on this album. It isn't just new metal. There's influences from all over the place. You've mentioned hip hop. You know, there's all sorts coming in. And I think in songs like Numb, Breaking the Habit, Faint, and Somewhere Along, they, they are genuinely classic songs. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would argue slightly that you picked the wrong album. Um, hybrid theory probably is slightly better, but you've just given a very good explanation of why you picked it. Um, I I was more of a hybrid theory person, um, maybe because it was just even a bit more angry. Um, yeah. Not by a big margin, though. I did really like this album too. Um, so yeah, it was it was really good to listen to. Um, it was my again the best thing to listen to on this playlist for me. Um, and it's nice to know that not all of my tastes back then were totally shit. You know, this is still good. Um, <laughs> so throw enough shit at the wall, something was Yeah, still- <laughs> yeah. So th- there was some good stuff I was listening to. So yeah, it was good to go back to. Um, you listen to you talk about it as well. It kind of reminded me a little bit of um, the Frightened Rabbit stuff that I talked about. That terms of like, I I don't know if Linkin Park really did bring me into the emotions in the in the way that you talked about, but. Um, but I, I know what it's like to have that performer who's kind of really makes you think about mental health in a different way, who then, yeah. you know, succumbs to that for themselves. So I think it's, it's an interesting 
um, and sad, really sad thing, but kind of it shows what the, the music's really genuine because, you know, he was really dealing with that stuff. And I think that's what kind of makes it stand out as well. Yeah. 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 You were going to say something, Sam? I was just going to say, is any of the other Linkin Park music after this up to this standard for you? Because like, I, I only know the first two albums. Like, I, I don't really know anything post this so as someone who clearly likes this yeah it's like obviously was it diminishing returns by the end yeah yeah so i I would not really remember i'd be more like at that point i'd be more inclined to listen to um like fort minor which was mike shinoda's project than lincoln park because it was more interesting because it did become too shiny too um big and it did feel less authentic as a result and it took i feel like as well like meteora was 2003 and then the next album's 2007 and i feel like in that four-year gap like a lot changed in terms of for me anyway like my just my age and my sort of where i was i don't know if that's the same for you matt yeah yeah i was a lot more sure in myself and happy mm. <laughs> and and like music had changed and i was obsessed with the good old landfill indie at that point any yeah. anyone with a jangly guitar <laughs> and no emotion their album. <laughs> yeah yeah let's go and talk about i don't know like sausages and uh, <laughs> going on going to the beach <laughs> and that will be that will be song song done so yeah, I think yeah, I I think it, it was a combination of like a bit of a drop off combined with the musical landscape shifting quite a lot, plus my landscape shifting a lot. Yeah. Um, but maybe maybe I need to give it another go. <laughs> maybe I don't. <laughs> cool. Right. Well, that is that is us done. Um, if you haven't had enough of listening to us talk about music there's obviously we have a back catalog of podcasts you can go listen to and we have the website where there's new articles every every couple days talking about music um and then as for next time normally we tell you what's up for next time now but as we're getting to the end of the year we're next one is going to be the album of the year uh podcast and so we're not sure what we're going to cover yet but keep your eye out uh, for the article either on our website or follow our Twitter, um, which is Fran. At Picky Bastards. It's not complicated. It's at, at Picky, Picky Bastards, Bastards, capital B, capital B. I mean, we're, we're on to episode 59 now, Matt. You should be able to remember the Twitter handle by now. I, I, but there's, there's several and it's confusing. I don't there's know. There's one. But there's yeah. one. There's, but there's other websites. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's, those are all websites yeah don't follow asda's website instead of ours yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah we should have something out by the second week of december so if you want to want to get your uh you get on your reading list ahead of time keep an eye out for that and uh, uh we'll, we'll be back soon thanks for listening thanks for listening bye, bye.